You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Yeah, does it excite you? Does it stress you out? Does it, I've got some different nods going on in the, in the auditorium here, but the way you, you feel about money, the way you use your money, I think says a lot about who you are, actually, and what we care about. In, in Matthew 6.21, we're reminded, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So every time we use money, we, it reveals something about us. It, it, um, it, I believe it's an opportunity to love God and love others, or it's actually an opportunity to love yourself. Money is a, a bit of a taboo topic, isn't it? So I've got the, the tough job of talking money in a church building this morning. But I want to try and obviously bring the God slant to it as we discuss it. So are you ready? Let's do this together, hey? Let's go on a journey. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to share about money and good stewardship. Father, I I thank you um, for all those that are here this morning, and I pray that you would speak to them and those listening online or watching online. I pray that you you would do something in their hearts this morning, that you would really help them understand money for what it is and what it's, what it's all about, and to be able to, to steward well. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I really like money. I actually like money so much that I collect money. So this here is a little bit of a, a collection of I've, I've started to gather over the years, some, some old Aussie bank notes, and there's some international notes in here as well, and, you know, different countries I've gone to, I've just tried to collect some of their currency as a bit of a hobby. Um, I've got other albums as well, and there's coins that go with it too, but I actually really enjoy collecting uh, currencies, money from different countries. I also like money... Uh, As a qualified financial planner, I get to speak about money every day of the week, I guess. Um, I like money because I can help people with their money. And I think it's a really good thing to start off this, this journey this morning, to make the distinction that money is actually okay, all right? There's a difference between liking money and the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10 states that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, again, this doesn't say that money itself is evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. And the reason it says that is because if you make money your God, all of a sudden you're replacing God, who should be God and the attention of our worship with something other than God. And that's the distinction being made there. Money itself is not evil. The love of money is. 
And I think that's the problem, that sometimes we get things muddled up in that area and that can cause the confusion. Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 6 that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's pretty clear cut there, isn't it? So we don't make money our God. We make God our God and let him be in that position. But money itself isn't evil. It isn't a bad thing. Start with that general point. Imagine, if you put the, the slide of uh, Jeff Bezos up there. Imagine if you had $186.2 billion. Just imagine that for a second. This is Jeff Bezos. He's the richest man in the world at the moment. He's the CEO and founder of Amazon, and he's worth $186.2 billion. Can you even half imagine that? What? <laughs> What would, you, what would you, forget that side of things, but just to think, imagine if you had that kind of money. What would you do with that? What could you do with it? Would you clear out your debt? Would you, would you buy yourself a mansion? Would you buy a sports car or, or a jet? Would you, would you do a really long holiday around the world? Maybe when COVID restrictions ease, but... Or, you know, would you, would you look after your family and friends? Would you, would you give some you know, money to charity and mission work and, and, and those sorts of things? What would you do? What would you do with that kind of money? Imagine the good you could do with that kind of money. That's what I love about money. The, imagine the good that could come out of having $186.2 billion. Yeah? Again, money, it's, it's all about what you can do with it in terms of furthering God's kingdom or furthering your own kingdom here on earth. So let's have a look, I guess, at what the Bible has to say about money because that's just my thought, for, first thoughts, really. That money's okay and we can do a lot with it. But what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible actually says a lot about money. I don't know whether you've read your Bible lately, but there's a lot of verses in there. There's passages about not putting your hope in your wealth, contentment, greed, debt, being ethical and not cheating others, working hard and not being lazy, planning ahead, saving, trusting in God's provision. And that's just to name a few. In fact, I actually found it really difficult this morning to try and narrow it down to one sort of key topic because there's a lot of areas I could talk about money. But I I settled on money and good stewardship. So what do you think of when when you hear the word stewardship? This is often a word that gets thrown around in, in church circles when we're talking about money, right? You've probably heard it in that context. But what actually is stewardship? Webster's Dictionary defines the word stewardship as the job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organisation or property. So you see, stewardship is actually not all about money. Even though it's often used in that context, stewardship is looking after something for someone else. Okay? So I guess you could look after something well, and that would be good stewardship, 
Or you could look after something poorly, and that would be bad stewardship. You know, you could look after your body well, you know, exercise and eat well and do those sorts of things, and that would be good stewardship of your body, who God has created you to be. Or you could do poor stewardship of your body. You could eat unhealthily and not exercise and and not worry about any of that sort of stuff. And that, I say, would be poor stewardship of what God has created you, who God has created you. Or we could practice good stewardship of God's creation, right? We could we could uh, recycle and, and we could um, worry about our carbon footprint. That would be good stewardship of God's creation. Or the flip side could occur. We could just throw our trash everywhere and, and not worry about all that. And, and um, that, I guess, would be, yeah, bad stewardship. So you see what I'm saying? It's about looking after something. And that something could be money, but it could be other things. That's stewardship of its, in and of itself. Another way to define stewardship is to manage something on behalf of someone else. So if you were a steward in ancient Greek times, you were not the owner of that house. You you instead would be the manager of the house. You would be looking after the servants. You would be looking after the household affairs, um, making sure it was run well and clean and, and tidy and all that sort of stuff. You're managing or looking after the house for the owner. Okay. And generally speaking, when you look at all the passages in the Bible around stewardship and that sort of thing, it's not just about money. And this is an important distinction too. You know, Stewardship in the Bible ultimately is about stewarding your life well. Okay, Again, who God has created you to be, stewarding your life in all aspects of that, your time, your talent, and your treasure. But clearly this morning, I just want to focus in on that treasure part. So hear this for what it's worth, right? Ultimately, good stewardship of your life is what's important. Yep, in all aspects. But we're just going to touch on the money aspect this morning, all right? So let's flip it a minute. Do you know what good stewardship of... uh, Sorry, do you know what good stewardship of money is not? Let's just start with that as a little bit, I guess. I would suggest that good stewardship is not... Hoarding all your money for yourself, right? Tuck it all away, being really precious about it and, yeah, worrying about it in that sense. And it's actually, I would suggest, not necessarily giving it all away either. It's finding the balance between these two. But first and foremost, we need to understand, again, whose money are we looking after? We've got to acknowledge that we are stewarding money and resources for someone else, don't we? So in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in Colossians, we read, For by him, all things were created. In heaven and on earth, all things were created through him and for him. Yeah? So that's pretty clear. I would suggest that if God created everything, it's all his. So let's make the distinction that we're stewarding God's money. Yeah? And as such, we should always have an intentionality about the way we go about stewarding God's money. So my first question, I guess, is, Are you intentional 
about the way you're stewarding, not your money anymore, is it? It's God's money. It's actually not even about how much money we have, you know. It's about what you do with it and how you use it effectively for God. If we are to be good stewards of our money, we take good care of it. That doesn't necessarily mean not spending it, like I said before, but it does mean there's an intentionality and a carefulness to how we go about using it. One of the best ways, I think, to do this, to get this right, have that intentionality with your finances, with your money, with your resources, is to actually talk to God about it, isn't it? Ask him to guide your finances just as hopefully you're asking him to guide your life. I know for Nita and I, one of the first things we decided to do when we got married was to make a commitment in this area. And one of the things we often do regularly in our prayer life is that we specifically pray for wisdom and guidance around our finances. And if you guys are doing that already, great. Well done. I I applaud you in that. But if you're not, maybe that's a challenge this morning to start to incorporate that specific prayer into your prayer life. And you know what? I think you'll be amazed at what God does with that, the ways that he starts to speak into your life in this area of money and finance and, uh, and see how he wants to use you to bless others. I really love the book of Proverbs. Who else likes Proverbs? Yeah, how good is Proverbs? It's so practical and rich with, uh, with instruction. I love that. And in Proverbs, there's a bunch of passages about money and wealth and, and stewardship. And if you actually look in my Bible, um, there's a whole lot of little dollar signs next to all the passages, all the verses that talk about wealth and, and resources and finance. And it's just a good reference to go back every time and, and see all these different yeah, passages because there's, a, there's a, a stack of them. So, again, maybe that's a challenge this morning. Go home, read Proverbs, and just get the little pen out and put the dollar sign next to them all. It's, it's a really interesting process. But I'm going to help you this morning because I've prepared a few already for you. Okay, So we're going to go through a whole bunch of Proverbs this morning and understand what good stewardship looks like in terms of some Proverbs. Okay, so let's, um, let's start with number one. Let's get practical for a minute as we deep dive into some, some Proverbs together. Number one, work hard and earn money with integrity. Proverbs 10.4 gets us right to the point here. It says, lazy hands, oh, that's number two, Tim. I don't know whether they've got the other way around, but that's Okay. I may have added this one. This might be a bonus one for you. <laughs> I gave this to Joel a little while back. So that's okay. Number one, work hard and earn money with integrity. Proverbs 10.4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. And Proverbs 11.18 says, a wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. There's many passages in the Bible um, that call us to do a good, hard day's work, aren't there? And and I don't remember, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't remember reading a passage in there that says money grows on trees. 
Okay, so God expects us to earn an income, okay? But more importantly, he wants us to earn it in the right way, doesn't he? After all, like I said before, God's not actually interested in how much you've got. He's, not, he's more interested in your heart attitude than your wallet. Okay, so earn with integrity. The second one, thanks, Tim, is spend less than you earn. So financial planning 101 starts with a budget, and that budget helps us understand whether you're in surplus or in deficit. Okay, money in, money out. Is there any leftovers? So um, this helps you just to track your expenditure and make sure that you're providing for every need. But what it also does is it, is it shows if there's anything left over to bless others with, doesn't it? Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. So what this is getting at, I believe, is that wise people have plenty left over because they don't spend all they make. On the other hand, fools spend all that they have and more, and it puts them in a deficit, in a, in a worse position. So we need to learn from this passage to, to tuck a bit aside and don't spend everything that we're earning. What it's getting at is live, bet- live, bet- live within your means. Yeah? There's, there's a bit of a, um, a culture out there of, of, I just need to have it now. You know, I'll get it now and, and I'll pay for it later. And, you, you know, I don't think that's a good mentality. That's not God's heart, I don't believe. Again, if you know that you're in surplus, it gives God the opportunity to work through you to bless others with that surplus, doesn't it? He can't use you if there's nothing in your bank account. So don't spend more than you earn. Number three, let's look at this. Save for a rainy day. Proverbs 6, 6 to 8 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider in its ways and be wise. Um, it has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So the ant saves in a time of plenty for a time where there may be lack or there's a need. And if we're wise, we'll look at that and do the same sort of thing. There's always going to be future expenditure coming, and we do need to plan for these sorts of things. Yes, trusting God along the way, but it's wise to plan ahead. We know you're going to need money in your retirement phase. You know potentially um, you will need to buy a new car down the track, or you know, maybe you're still saving for a house deposit or something like that. You or the kids' education, things like that, you know there's expenses coming, so we need to save for a rainy day for when the car blows up and you need to replace it. That's wise. That's good stewardship of God's money. There's actually a really good example in Genesis about this, the story of Joseph, many would be familiar with. God told him to save for the seven years of plenty for the seven years when the drought came, right? That was a good principle to follow and it worked out well for him and his family because he obeyed the God in this and, and did well in this area. So save for a rainy day. Number four, understand debt. Now this is an interesting one. I personally don't believe that all debt is bad. 
But you do need to be careful with debt, okay? And understand it. Proverbs 22.7 tells us, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, this is pretty much the go-to verse when we're talking about debt in the Bible, all right? For me, the the key concept here, though, is that not all debt is bad, but you don't want to be enslaved to the debt. Does that make sense? Debt itself is not necessarily the bad thing. Just don't be enslaved to it. So how do we make sure that doesn't occur? I've got a couple of points here to help us with that. Only borrow and go into debt to borrow things uh, for things that generally appreciate in value or hold their value. So go up in value or hold their value. Taking out debt for depreciating assets, things that are going to typically drop in value, is not a wise thing to do because ultimately then you can put yourself backwards. You get further behind, okay? And you should use that as a last resort. However, you do often need debt to buy your first home, okay? So it can be a, a necessary thing to do, but we just have to be careful. The other thing you need to be considerate of this is um, only borrow what you really need. There's a... Often what happens is people want the bigger house or um, the, I don't know, the better car or whatever it might be, and they take out a loan that they actually can't afford. Comes back to the budgeting thing. Make sure you've got the provision to easily make the repayments on this debt and so you're not mastered by it. Yeah, you're not enslaved to that debt because if you take out too much and you can't afford the repayments then you get into trouble. And the other thing is, sometimes you actually don't go to the effort of saving hard enough in the first place, which forces you to take out a bigger loan. So maybe it's about delaying that gratification a little bit, saving hard for a period of time so that you can borrow less and invest more into that in the first place. Does that make sense? So just be careful with debt. I think... It's okay from time to time, but just understand it and only use it when you have to, I guess. Cool. Number five, give generously. This is really important. We've got to give generously. Give to God what's already his anyway, right? As we decided at the start, it's all his. And give to others. So firstly, give to God. Proverbs 3.9 tells us to honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. This is reminding us to give God our best, isn't it? It's a, it's a verse, and there's many more like this, but it's, it's an instruction to tithe, I guess, in a way. It's saying give God the first of everything you earn, um, Probably because that can sometimes be hard, I reckon. Because it's, again, it comes back to the heart. How do you view this money? Is it my money? Is it my hard-earned money? Why should I give that off to God? But if we actually go back to the point before, if it's God's in the first place, it's not a hard thing. It's like, hey, God, 
All of me is yours anyway. I want to give you my best here. I want to give you the first fruits, yeah, rather than just the leftovers, the scraps. If this is not something that you regularly do, I want to encourage you in this too. Um, Yeah, right from the, the start of our marriage as well, Anita and I committed to do this when we had hardly two dollars to rub together. We made a commitment in this area because, as I said, it actually shows where your heart lies rather than necessarily where your wallet's at. It's, it's a commitment to say, no, God, we, we trust you. We trust you in this. And so, yeah, maybe make that commitment today yourselves as well. And then giving to others. Proverbs 19:17 Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward he will reward them for what they have done. What an incredible thought that is, yeah? Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. It's not even that you've been yeah, it's we're doing this for God. When you think of it like that, that's amazing. That, that should encourage us so much, I think. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what an opportunity. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 also tells us, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And this is a little bit of a tricky verse, a couple of verses here. And it could be quite easily misconstrued as promoting a a prosperity theology. So we've just got to be careful with this one. But I think um, this is encouraging us to hold our possessions and money with open hands, giving freely letting God channel his money through us to others. And what that says to him is that he can actually give you more because you're prepared to give it away. It's not about necessarily prospering ourselves so that we can buy that mansion or the jet, right? It's about open hands saying, yes, God, I'm willing to give. And he sees that and he gives you more to give it away. Yeah? Yeah? That's what I think these verses are telling us about. There's also a really um, precious passage to me, which is in Luke 21. So we'll just jump out of Proverbs for a second. Luke 21, verses 1 to 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. She put in all she had to live on. This this passage um, has significance for me because when I was in, I think it was year seven or eight, so I was probably 12, 13, 14, somewhere around that age, I was reading this in my own time and, and it really challenged me. 
I was like, wow, that's giving till it hurts, doesn't it? And I thought, am I doing that? Am I giving till it hurts? And so God challenged me in this area. And so the next time we had um, chapel at school, uh, I was convicted to give $100 into the offering. For me, that was like all my savings. You know, it was a big deal. I could have bought Lego or, you know, whatever else I was into at the time. I can't remember, but I know it was a big deal. And that, for me, was the start of my generous giving journey with God. Something changed. Something clicked. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this thing with God, and, and this is what the Bible talks about, giving till it hurts, I want to do that. And it didn't start raining money. Don't worry. It didn't, God didn't say, yes, well done, Steve. Here you go. I'll load up your bank account. It didn't happen like that. But... It was the start of that journey with him where he could see my heart, I believe, that I was willing to trust him and to give till it hurt. And that's, again, something that Anita and I have made a a point of in our relationship. Listening to God's instruction in this particular area of finance and trying to honour and obey that, um, regardless of whether it hurts or not, even more so when it hurts, because that's the challenge of where does your heart attitude lie in this? It's no, God said to do this. Clearly someone else needs this more than I do at the moment. And even as a church family, we, we hold generous giving as such a high value. Um, and I guess we, we draw inspiration from Jesus in this, that he was willing to give it all. He was willing to give his life for us. And so as a church family, we see generous giving as a really important thing to be building into our lives. Um, Yeah, as I said, drawing inspiration from Jesus. Good stewardship of money doesn't just happen, though, does it? It's a commitment. It's a lifelong checking yourself every day, making that determination to say, Lord, my life is yours and my money is yours as well. I challenge you to honestly ask yourself these three questions this morning. Am I seeking God's wisdom and direction when it comes to money? Is my focus on God or on myself? Do I have the right balance? It's a challenging area of life, isn't it, money? It really is. And there's no real clear-cut answer to it all, I don't think. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say, right, now you have to give this dollar amount and you've got to do this with exactly that. And, you know, it's, it comes back to that communicating with God on a regular basis daily, I would suggest, and find out how he wants his money used and distributed. I believe it's okay, obviously, to look after the needs of yourself and your family first. Yeah, he doesn't want us to do that, uh, neglect that. But yeah, having open hands and open hearts to, to hear what God has to say in this area is super important.
One final note, and just to make sure this is really clear as well. Ultimately, heavenly treasures are far more important than earthly treasures, okay? As much as we've talked about money and all that this morning, heavenly treasures are way more important. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasure Treasures in heaven is generally thought to mean anything done in this life that has eternal value, right? So, yes, steward God's money well, but more importantly, make sure the focus of your life is about sharing the good news of Jesus' uh, life, death, uh, burial and resurrection, and aiming to guide as many people to the amazing grace and unconditional love of Jesus Christ. This may happen through your finances and money and good stewardship of that. But ultimately, living a life that shows Jesus is the most important thing. We're going to play a song just to conclude this morning. Um, And some of the words are really, I think, impactful in this area. And so just remain seated. We're going to jump up and and play it for you. I want you to reflect on the words this morning. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I'll close our time in prayer. Thanks. stood a precious tree the emblem of salvation the gift of Calvary how is it I should crucified yet as his life was taken so I was granted mine my wealth is in the cross there's nothing more I want than just to know Love
Lord, we thank you that our wealth really is in the cross. Ultimately, God, everything is, it's all about you and what you've done for us. Father, I just pray that we can just hear some of these principles and learn from some of these things this morning, though, in the way that we go about using your money, your resources in our daily lives, because there's a practicality about this too, Lord, but may we each day just turn to you, ask you for guidance and wisdom as to how and why and, and what we should do with the, the money that we, we are stewarding for you. We just thank you for this message this morning that you laid on my heart to present and prepare and, and share. And God, I just pray for each person in this area uh, as they go through their, their days. So Lord, bless us in this and uh, keep us humble and, and open-handed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.